This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Warp 5, our dedicated Enterprise show. I'm Christopher Jones, and joining me once again today is Tyler Johnson. Hey, Tyler, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. Had to take an unexpected week off last week. How's everything going? Things are great. Um, That week off, man, just a vacation. Party all the time. (laughs) Frolicking in the snow. I guess, are you getting snow up there where you are? I know some of our, our colleagues all around the states have been buried recently yeah okay so everyone in on the east coast of the u.s or someplace really cold we actually get snow just hit mute for about five seconds <laughs> are you done okay so portland's having a snowpocalypse <laughs> um we don't have we don't have snow plows or we have like two for the whole city and okay. so when it snows more than a couple inches we just shut down the city and so okay, the city's so, shut down so you're like the south then <laughs> yeah basically yeah. The mayor got on TV and said, nobody go to work tomorrow. So <laughs> got a day off tomorrow. Well, you know, the Enar, they're laughing at you right now because they're always prepared for snow up there. Yeah, yeah they'd be upset if it got up to 30, minus 30, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's too warm in the summer. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, speaking of the Enar, they were, they were a big part of season four and one of the storylines there. And we were kicking around ideas for the show this week. And one of the things we came up with was to take a look at Enterprise beyond season four. And I think we were all disappointed when the show had to hastily wrap up. And really, I think that viewers today are even more disappointed than they were back in 2004, because people, more people are getting into the show and they're getting to the end and they're thinking, I really wish this were going somewhere. Yeah, not only that, but there's been all that talk of another season on Netflix this year. Which yep. it's probably not going to happen, right? That seems like a long shot. But rumors breed interest, breeds, you know, speculation. Yeah. It's fun. It's an interesting story. And yeah, I think it's kind of a long shot. Not impossible, but, you know, there are a lot of things that have to fall in place for that to happen. So I would not count on seeing that. But instead of a possible Netflix season five, Tyler, you and I today are going to present what we would want to see in season five. And I I think that the things that we haven't told each other what we want to see, we're going to surprise each other here. I actually have five or or really six things on my list. And I don't think we'll talk about all of them today because of time. So I'll pick, I'll pick the best ones, but um, these are going to be the storylines that we would like to see and specifically in season five. So instead of going broad beyond season four, 
as I got to putting together mine here, I thought, you know, let's just do season five. And then later, let's do season six. And then another show, let's do season seven. And then the movies. And then the movies, yes. (laughs) All those Enterprise movies. (laughs) Well, why don't you kick us off with your first thing that you wanted to see in season five? Okay, so I I need to take a little half step back from this. Uh, Before before I say anything, any ideas that I have, um, I, I started with an assumption. I started with an assumption, essentially, that, um, you know, these are the voyages has isn't ha- hasn't happened yet or maybe right. it doesn't happen. Right. So trip is still alive. All of, you know, it's not it's not something that comes after that. It's something that would right. more naturally be in the next year. So that's right. The key assumption here is trip is not dead. Trip, trip is, is not, not dead. dead. Trip is <laughs> not dead. Say it three times. Everyone. I don't know what you would do, you know. <laughs> Um, so all of my, uh, all of my ideas assume that he's still alive and part of the yes. show. So, right. um, Same here, here. He, yeah, here's my first idea. My first idea is, um, it's kind of a two in one episode and it, it builds on some of the things they were doing in season four. So there was a lot of, uh, s- sort of fun fan service and throwback stuff. And th- they had that mirror universe episode, right? Okay. Two-parter, which mm. was really fun. And mm. I thought, you know, that. It just seems like they probably were going to go there again. It seems really likely. Yeah. Um, but what if there was a Mirror Universe episode that was also a Q episode? Huh. Interesting. And you got to meet Mirror Universe Q. A much younger Mirror Universe Q. Maybe. Maybe not to him. Maybe not to <laughs> him, know, right? Yeah. Same. He's, he's just yeah, jumping through he... time. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Is he more evil or more good in the other universe? I can't really tell. He was so, you know, he was an enigma. Maybe, you know, I never think of Q as being good or evil. He's mm-hmm. just mischievous. Maybe he's really boring in the mirror universe. Maybe all his pranks are really lame. They're really boring. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's the reason they go to the mirror. I don't know what it is. I just think, <laughs> you know, they were, they, were, they were pulling from the canon to do fun stuff and he was never on Enterprise. And yeah. they never had any, anybody quite like that. It was a little more gritty. And I think it'd be fun to see something that was just a little more out there. Yeah. That's an interesting twist. I also had Mirror Universe on my list. I called it a mad tea party, you know, displaying mm-hmm. off the through the looking glass Alice in Wonderland thing. And I, I did not have any specific thing that I wanted to see in terms of the storyline, really. So that was one I was going to leave off my my list for discussion here. But the reason I wanted to see it is that you know, as anyone who listens to the show probably knows, and certainly anyone who listens to the Ready Room knows, I'm not a big fan of Intermirror Darkly. Mm-hmm. I, I know that fans love that episode, and it was voted like the best Enterprise episode by Entertainment Weekly or some publication. But it just felt like it didn't go anywhere. It was like it was it was a fanboy story that had no cohesive element to it really for me. And it was cool right. and it was I loved seeing uh, the, the ship and I love seeing the Tholians especially you know weaving the web mm-hmm. and seeing Archer in the green tunic and, and all that and, and of course Empress Hoshi who doesn't like Empress Hoshi but I, I didn't feel like it went anywhere and and after I got to the end of part two when it first aired I'm, I thought what was that about and I but I think that it set up to, to put a positive spin on it which I always try to do with episodes it set up a situation where the writers could go to the mirror universe once a season during the final three seasons, the way that deep space nine went almost once Mm -hmm. a season 
Mm-hmm. And they could have had, you know, like a really interesting, fun diversion once a year that takes you in and you get to follow what's going on there. And at least as it was set up, of course, it's the only Mirror Universe episode in Star Trek that takes place completely in the Mirror Universe. And there is no crossover element to it between the characters. They don't jump from our universe to the Mirror Universe. Right. And I think that was an interesting idea. I, I But, it, you know, when you when you say that it fell flat, to me, the way that it fell flat is, well, here's the people I've cared about for, for three and a half seasons, and they're not in this. This is just another version of them that has nothing uh, yeah. to do with the story we've been telling. Uh-huh. So, But I thought it was fun. I mean, it's like you said, it's a fun episode. It's not necessarily a deep yeah. episode, <laughs> right? No, and, and it's not so much that I wanted it to be a deep episode, but I, I'm, I feel like there are so many episodes in Enterprise that are so fantastic and for this one to always be named the best episode of enterprise it it kind of it surprises me i i think that people are maybe not really examining the series they're just looking this is the one that felt the most like tos and so here we go that's it right that's and, and it's a standalone story yeah. too right you don't have to know anything before or after you just know those two i mean I guess you, mm-hmm. you need to know the characters a little bit but other than that you could just sit down and watch it and, and not need to know anything else Right, right. Okay, well, that's a cool one. I, I would definitely like to see that, not only in season five, but like I said, once per season, I think would be really mm-hmm. cool. You can't do it too often or, you know, it gets kind of, it gets old. But, well, my first thing is xenophobia fractures alliances. I, I wanted to see, I wanted to pick up on Demons and Terra Prime because in Demons and Terra Prime, we see this xenophobia on Earth, which we've talked about extensively here on Warp 5. And it was a result of the Zindi incident, and it really threatened to torpedo mankind's entry into the galactic community. And it seemed maybe a little bit odd to some people in terms of Star Trek, but I think in terms of reality, it was very much what would happen. And as I've said before, I think that getting to the Federation should be a struggle. It shouldn't be an easy path for, uh, even for humanity itself, but especially when we have to work together with other alien races as well. There need to be those bumps in the road. And and I think in Demons and Terra Prime, they really planted the seeds for a really interesting struggle to take place on Earth and and beyond the Romulan influence that we also got teased about. Just the in, just the relationship between Vulcans, humans, Tellarites, and Andorians, where humans are pushing everybody away into Nobulans too, you know, because Phlox was the victim of that xenophobia when he was in San Francisco there at the end. That would be really interesting. I think they could do a lot with that, and they could play it out, not in every episode, but they could visit it frequently during the fifth season. And by the end of the fifth season, you could see how Earth, the people of Earth have reconciled uh, they've come to terms with this fear and they understand that they're moving towards a better future. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that they were clearly leaning towards is that Romulan war. And I think mm-hmm. um, the xenophobia and the the the, feder- the eventual federation and the Romulan war all seem to sort of fit together to me. Um, and, and I'd be curious to see what they did with it because I could see the xenophobes on the one hand, maybe even sort of partnering with Romulans at some point. I mean, that'd it, mm-hmm. be weird for canon purposes, but, you know, yeah. these sort of entities who have different purposes that end up working together, even though they're not natural uh, allies. Or, and, and probably more likely, eventually, 
um, you know, the Romulans were, were supposed to be, um, you know, basically entering in a war because they didn't want the Federation to join, which is something that would make it stronger, including, right. the, you know, the, the xenophobic group. And they might say, oh, wow, the Andorians came and saved our butt. You know, I, mm -hmm. I like them now. They're OK. And the Vulcans aren't so bad after all either. Look what they did. And so um, I, I think they had a really good setup for something there. And I think I, you're right. I'd yeah. love to see a lot more of that in season five. Yeah, that was one of the most interesting things towards the end of season four for me. Um, and it, it made the founding of the Federation, it could have made anyway, the founding of the Federation feel real, which is mm -hmm. one thing that I love about Star Trek is that the, the future, it, it at least feels like it could be a real future, like you could actually live there, like our technology could lead us there. It doesn't feel as make-believe as some franchises do. And this injected a further dose of reality into it for me. Yeah, I totally agree. So I, I love that idea. That one gets a thumbs up for me or whatever. The <laughs> All right. We'll make it a, a, tellerite, a Tellerite hoof up. <laughs> yeah, one hoof up. <laughs> nice. All right. What's next okay. on your list? Okay. So I, again, I kind of focused on, on episodes a little bit more so than themes and, um, I I had another idea that I thought would be kind of fun, and and this is a, this is way out there, but I think you know there was that whole temporal cold war happening, and and everyone loved that trouble with or that uh, not, not the trouble with tribbles episode right from DS nine, and so I thought what if some for some reason the Enterprise crew now had to go back from the NXL one, and maybe they went back to first contact. <laughs> And oh. they were like the whole first there's pieces of the first contact movie and they're in the background sort of saving the next generation crew. Um, <laughs> and, and it's sort of a throwback to that. And there's, you know, they're, they're skulking around in the background and there's Zephyr and Cochran in the front and, yeah. um, you know, just sort of like a fun throwback episode like that. So like when Zephyr Cochran is running through the woods after he has to go pee, mm -hmm. the way that they eventually slow him down is that the Enterprise crew is there in the woods and they like set up a trip wire or something like that. So that he yeah. he trips, slows down, then Riker's able to catch him and phaser him. Yeah, or there's you know I don't know there there's a Gorn in the in the jungle <laughs> in the forest you don't see, and they got to get the Gorn before it gets Zeph from Cochrane, you know that sort of deal. <laughs> okay, interesting. That that's an interesting <laughs> idea. I'm not sure what I think about that one, but um, if yeah, could be, I, I could see that as a comic for sure they're having the two oh, crews it's completely come face unrealistic, to face chris i'm, I'm very aware this is completely unrealistic <laughs> i just thought it'd be kind of fun it would be fine yeah i think it would be fun all right well let's see what else i have on my list um i i would like to i, I guess keeping with you mentioned the romulan war a second ago you know building up to that and in general terms, just speaking beyond season four, I've said many times on the network that, you know, I really wanted to see the Romulan War on Enterprise, but when do I want to see the Romulan War? So I was thinking about that and also thinking about the timeline. The thing about the timeline with Enterprise is that the events, so in the modern series, we tend to move one year at a time, right? You know, like it's 2367 and then it's 2368, and then it's mm -hmm. 2369, you know, so we're like every season, we're kind of moving ahead a year roughly. Because of, of Enterprise having to work within canon, 
and a lot of these dates have already been established in later series for the events we want to see, it could get a little bit tricky about one season of Enterprise having to span three or four years of real time in some situations. But the Romulan War itself, I would like to see it take place not in season five, but I'd like to see it take place in season six. I'd like to see the majority of season six be the actual Earth-Romulan War. And then I'd like to see that culminate at the end of, of season six with the Battle of Sharon, the big battle that's the, kind of the pivotal moment of the war. And then see that play out. And then season seven you know, would lead us into the founding of the Federation itself. But to build up to that season six, we need that Romulan plot that we saw teased in Babel One, United, and the Enar to actually play out. Mm-hmm. So in Kirshara, we saw at the very end of Kirshara, we saw that hint that there was a movement towards reunification between the Romulans and the Vulcans. And that was interesting because that takes place 204 years before unification on the next generation. Because unification is 2368. This is 2154. Mm-hmm. So 204 years before that, there's already this idea of the Romulans and the, the Vulcans reuniting. And then as we move through season four, we get to this big scare that the Romulans have that the humans and the Vulcans and the Andorians and the Tellarites are going to come together. And so we see them get there with that uh, holographic drone ship and that Admiral Valdor who is you know, determined he's going to stop this from happening. But but then it kind of fizzles out, and we don't know what happened after that because the, the series ends. I would like to see that plot evolve over the course of season five and ramp up the intrigue and ramp up, like you mentioned earlier, maybe there could be, maybe it could even be section 31 behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, and then when we finally get to the start of season six, that would be 2156. And this works with the timeline, actually. That would be 2156, which is when the the Earth-Romulan War turned into a hot war and it really heated up. Yeah, that'd be a great cold season end too, right? If you've Mm -hmm. built up to that the whole season and had, you know, inklings of things that are happening and small incidences and then there's just some big event right at the end of that season and, and, you know, it leaves you cold for three, six months, whatever that is, till Mm -hmm. the next season starts. Ba-ba-bum, Exactly. (laughs) What's going to happen? Oh, wait, it's next on Netflix. I can just queue it right up. (laughs) Yeah, this is why you wait till the whole whole series is done before you watch anything now, right? (laughs) That's right. Don't do that. That's how Enterprise got canceled, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So that's what I'd like to see. Uh, The thing is with with season six, and I I know I said we'll do another show on that, Mm -hmm. is that the Romulan War actually takes four years. In, in canon, it's 2156 to 2160. And so season six would have to span uh, a four-year period, but then season seven could be one year again because the Federation was founded in 2161, a year after the, the war ended. So how would you feel about, you know, a lot of the, the details in the Romulan War were never in a, a movie or TV series, right? They're from right. the books. Yeah. Do you do you how do you feel when the sort of canon of the books is is changed in one of the TV series? Because I think in a way that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that they could do there where you say you think you know what the Romulan War was, but 
actually, this is what happened. And it was a little different than, you know, the way people talk about it 200 years later or something like that. Yeah. You know, those things don't bother me. I, I enjoy the books. I enjoy the TV series. And I know from a creative standpoint that everything's not going to mesh exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't mind. I think if they were going to do season five now, or I, I should say, well, yeah, season five leading up to it, and then season six being the Romulan War, it would be amazing if they could get Michael A. Martin to come in and be the lead writer and actually write that stuff out since he's already done it in the books. Oh, yeah. There, there's a season five thing, right? Bring in some of the authors of the books mm-hmm. <laughs> to write episodes. Yeah. There you go. Well, well they've done that. I mean, Judith and Garfield yeah. Reeve Stevens wrote a lot of season four. And, you know, leading up prior to that for for decades, they have been right. one of the greatest writing teams in Star Trek literature. Yeah, I didn't think that, you know, I thought that was done on some of the earlier series. I guess I haven't kept up on the writers of, of Enterprise for whatever reason. Like, you know the names, mm-hmm. especially for the original series. You know those names. Some of those names are... Well, they, they were know. science fiction giants, a lot of them, so, yeah. Exactly. And so some of the other ones are, you know, um, sort of real great working writers, but they're not necessarily huge names unless you're you're really deep in that community. Unless you're deep into and it, I just yeah. never, I never thought about it. I'm gonna, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go look at all the names of the writers for Enterprise. Thanks, Chris. That's what I'm going to do after the show. <laughs> I like to <laughs> give you a task, you know, to do after every show, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Homework. <laughs> right. All right, so so build up to the Romulan War is something that I wanted that I want to see in season five. So what what's next for you? Okay, so the next the next idea that I have, I guess this is less of a um, an episode, like I said. So I'm a liar. Um, it's it's more of a of a theme or a story. So that whole will there won't they trip into Paul thing uh-huh. that they played with the entire mm-hmm. time. You know pros and cons to it. It's 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 interesting, and uh, you know that's a key thing for a lot of shows is to have a will there, won't they? Well, I kind of think it'd be fun if if then all of a sudden it was a um, a love triangle with Shran, like oh, Shran wow. comes on and he's the bad boy, and T'Pol can't quite decide <laughs> which way she <laughs> wants to go. <laughs> that's interesting. I've never thought about that, but there could be some great scenes like a corridor fight between Shran mm-hmm. and Trip, and Shran says, "I'll take your blood to Andoria." Yes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of corridor fights. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I I cannot see Shran and Topol together, but I think it's an interesting idea in the way that we had Archer and Topol not in a relationship. Well, well Trip and Topol mm-hmm. in a relationship, but especially I think of Archer and Topol how they um I think came to help each other to accept the other side. You know, so mm-hmm. to see for Archer to see the the value in a Vulcan and for to Paul to be able to understand humans and see the value there. The Andorian Vulcan conflict, playing that out through Shran and Paul, it could make an interesting story and it could be some interesting uh, character development. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say they end up together. I just think it would be interesting to th- those that once you've gotten to a certain point with those relationships on shows, mm-hmm. to me it gets pretty boring. You know, at some point, uh, you know, and Cheers, Sam and Diane get together, and you're like, "Well, now what? Like that? <laughs> that's yeah. over." So I just think it'd be interesting to see something else, and also, you know, in the way the Enterprise does with a lot of stuff, you can generate drama from character interaction. So I actually think, yeah. in a more serious way. Um, whether it's literally a romantic love triangle or whether there's just, you know, they were talking about, you know, I'm just assuming 
that everyone knows that Shran was going to maybe come in for the next season. Mm -hmm. Um, since that's something that's been talked about quite a bit, even on this podcast. And so, you know, what's that going to do to shake up the crew, I guess is more what I was thinking, but I, you know, sort of, uh, snarkily, I thought it'd be fun, fun to break up that (laughs) little triangle a little bit, but then there's also a, um, you, you know, the whole demons and terror prime plot where they had a, a baby sort of, um, to, to Paul and Tripp did, um, you know, that really does a number on couples. That sort and of TV shows. You know, <laughs> and TV shows, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and all of a sudden there's a redheaded kid in there. What's he doing on this show? <laughs> like, oh, we adopted him. <laughs> yeah. His name is Sam. Yeah, but you know what I mean? They 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 the whole idea that um, you know, they would just after that be so tight and close together, like there's a lot of resentment that comes out of those sorts of it's like having a miscarriage or something. I mean, not to get too right, far, right. but you know, um that's sort of what, what Enterprise was. It was a little more dark, a little more gritty, a little bit more real. Yeah. The other thing with the baby that that they could have explored in season five is, you know, Flux says that there doesn't appear to be any reason why a human and a Vulcan couldn't mate and produce a healthy offspring. And of course, we know eventually we have Spock who's half human. Mm-hmm. Some people felt like the, the, the trip to pole story and the baby kind of kind of diminished the uniqueness of Spock later on. But I think that they could have used that to demonstrate the difficulty in it. And Tripp and T'Pol, even though Flock says it's possible, you know, they, they never actually have offspring. And then Spock ultimately is the first. But they could show that as the relationship between humans and Vulcans in general, as societies comes together and the hard path that that may follow the same goes for the two mixing together and actually producing offspring who who uh, you know by their birth are part of both of these societies yeah i think you know there there are different ways to explore the same question spock is stuck between t- two cultures because he's a mixed race essentially you know and so the same thing happens when a couple is set up that way from, you know, if, if there's a, a taboo against it for whatever reason mm-hmm. and you're violating that taboo, then, um, you know, you're sort of stuck in the middle and, and it brings up a lot of different things. And it also can break a lot of barriers down the road. And so, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I, I did think that was, the, they, they used that very well, uh, I, I think in the series as a way of um, showing the trust building between humans and Vulcans. Um, you know, there, there were a number of different levels that was happening on. Um, so again, I was being a little snarky talking about Tran, but I actually do think, you know, it would just be like, so we've done that now we did that for, or we played it out over four seasons and we built up to it. And well, now what? Let's, let's see something else in the next season. I'm just seeing, I'm seeing the, the UPN promo right now for season five with lead writer, Tyler Johnson. It's like, tune in for a new season of Enterprise. It's more exciting. It's snarkier. (laughs) You know what, Chris? You just made me feel like, this is what I feel like. I feel like the the original series just got canceled. And they're like, you know what we need? We need somebody to write write this new series. Oh, really? What else? Tell me more about this. And it will be animated. (laughs) Oh, facepalm. Yeah, I I think the the maybe you're right. Maybe that idea more lends itself better to the Enterprise animated series. 
Oh, well, they, they could find, I mean, more excitement in the decon chamber with this whole trip around to pull love triangle thing for sure. Yeah, an Dorian fight scene in the decon chamber. Think about oh, wow. it. wow. Yeah. <laughs> would be handy. I mean, you know, you get a cut. You've already got some ointment there to rub on it, decontaminate mm-hmm. it. So, Well, yeah, you just, not? something's going on and, and the two of them, you know, the two of them, let me be more specific than that. <laughs> the two um, of them. The, the two of them. <laughs> they kicked. <laughs> they Trip kicked and Tran have to be in the decon chamber together for eight <laughs> hours because they both got some bug. okay and they just fight for eight hours (laughs) well not eight hours of showtime but you know what i mean like in the show well they they start fighting but by the end of it they're just doing shots of andoria and l together and they're the best of friends exactly yeah Yeah. that's exactly i think uh, you know there's there's a part where they're fighting there's a part where they're rubbing lotion (laughs) 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 it's a part where they're drinking andorian ale everybody's happy tyler johnson enterprise season five it's not only snarkier it's racier (laughs) <laughs> hey producers <laughs> listen up <laughs> okay Chris, right. what's, what's your i think we should move on from this one okay we should move on before this goes further <laughs> off the tracks yeah. um let's see i've covered xenophobia i've covered the build-up to the romulan war we talked about the mirror universe another one i want to see is the vulcan reformation and it actually plays into what I see as the build-up to the Romulan War and ultimately the founding of the Federation as well. But again, a lot of fans were not happy with the Vulcans on Enterprise. They they think the Vulcans feel wrong. They're, they're not the Vulcans we're accustomed to in the future. And I think that that was a smart thing to do with them because I want to see a society evolve in this show because it's in the past. But when you take what happened with Kirshara and you look at the awakening and you look at Kirshara and the forge, that, that three-parter there, when they finally find the Kirshara and you know what it means to the society and you know what the teachings of Surak mean to the Vulcans that we know in the future the portrayal of the Vulcans and Enterprise up to that point makes even more sense because here we are with this pivotal moment. They, they've they sort of lost their way, and that's the reason that they are the way they are in Enterprise. And they they sort of... They, they, they kept heading in the wrong direction as a society until they finally decided that they were going to essentially have military rule and they were going to invade Andoria. And the high command just had too much power. And then the Kirshara is found, and suddenly there's this great reformation that's going to take place. And that gives us Spock later on, and that gives us Tuvok and everyone else that we know. And how does that reformation affect the society itself? How does it affect their relationship with humans, with Andorians? How does it play into the founding of the Federation? You know, I, can, I talked about xenophobia earlier. I can see the humans pulling back after the Zindi scare. I can also see the Vulcans as part of the Reformation temporarily pulling back. And then as that plays out over the course of time, they're comfortable again with resuming their interactions with others. And, and they're more peaceful with the Andorians. And there may be less... 
um, parental towards the humans, perhaps. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting idea. And I think that is something that they were definitely leading up to. So it would seem like a natural progression. They, um, you know, the, the whole idea that they were, I mean, Vulcans in a way were a little too perfect and a little too boring, you know, at some yeah. point in the series. In and the so I liked series. the fact that, yeah. mm-hmm. they, you know, they weren't as perfect for one thing, really on an enterprise. And I, I'm, and I like the, you know, the growth that they're going through, but I think you're exactly right. Like that. And then the xenophobia on earth and the, um, the Romulan war seem all to fit really nicely together. And so, um, I think as mm-hmm. much as you were joking about me being a writer, I think you need to send some spec scripts in. Cause I think you, you're, you're onto something here. Um, it's more <laughs> of a season long arc. You're going to break out the episodes, um, but I, I think this is something I would have really yeah. liked to see. And, and I also think, I'm not sure that you've had three ideas, Chris. I think you have one idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, you're right. I think I have one idea because, but, but I think that it's, it shows just how good season four was. And, you know, season four is, it's not really my favorite season of Enterprise. I actually really like season one because it's very different. But season four, when you really look at it, even though it's broken up into these little arcs, they they really, not only did they plant the seeds for the seasons to come, but they did it in a way where all of these different elements would, would come together eventually into this one grand story. And it's sort of like on Seinfeld, the way there are all these, these different things are happening for George and Jerry and Elaine and Kramer all around the city, but at the end, it all comes together mm-hmm. and they all affect each other. So yeah, exactly. It's it's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think all of those things really dovetail nicely with each other that that you've brought up so far. So um, wow, good job. You're winning so far. <laughs> what else do you have? <laughs> um, let me see what else I have. I have to pull up a really good idea now. Actually, this is one that I know was going to happen, um, and and that's actually been talked about on the show before. But I just wanted to see it happen, um, which was the refit of the Enterprise. Um, oh yeah, yeah I think definitely. you know you, you did a whole episode early on on Warp Five about that. I think it was episode six. Yeah, we had Doug on Doug Drexler mm-hmm. and and. You know, he did a refit and you can actually see it if you go look at like the ships of the line calendar has had the refit and XO one in it. And um actually I just saw on Facebook this week, I believe, on the Netflix season five campaign, mm-hmm. they they put up a new image of the refit. Right. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something that let's maybe not call that an idea so much as something I was looking forward to. I didn't know it was happening mm-hmm. at the time, but now I'm sort of like retroactively looking forward to it <laughs> and wishing we could yeah. we could have seen that play out. Because um, I do think, uh, you know, we talked about what was what was the title we ended up using Par- character growth in a torpedo, and the ship was a character right, on the yeah. show, right? And and <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah. you know it had some growing to do as well, and it, it it had already gone through a bunch of changes, and it it would have been great to see that next step. You know, this reminds me of something that it's not on my list as a separate item here. And I mentioned it when we did that episode, uh, the last show where we talked about prequel technology. I would like to see, and this plays into the build up to the Romulan War because it would be something that continues to make the Romulans more and more uneasy and causes them to actually blow things out into a, a full on war with the with the allied powers is the the coming together of the Andorians and the Tellarites and the Vulcans and the humans 
onto ships which are crewed by all four of these races, and they start integrating their technology. Mm -hmm as they're doing in Christopher L. Bennett's Rise of the Federation books right now, I would have loved to have seen that happening in season five. And we just start to see the process that brings them together. And, you know, that they all had different elements of technology that were great and other areas where they were lacking. And when they, when they bring it all together, it makes them more powerful. That's what makes the Romulans uneasy. One of the things that makes them uneasy but you know it it's not going to be plug and play it's not going to be like you see later on have we talked about this before how no matter what alien race it is in the galaxy there's like this universal docking port on ships <laughs> where all the ships can can dock with each other right right <laughs> you know it's not going to be like that it's actually going to be more realistic well when you all breathe the same air you're going to have the same docking port right <laughs> right. And apparently the same control panel layouts as well, because you can hop on any ship and just start typing away. Well, they've got a little bit of retconning yeah. to do, right? They've got to go back and figure, and talk, talk about how the Tellurides got rid of those hoofs, because they didn't have hoofs on Enterprise. Right. <laughs> so that's right. they got to go back yes, and show what right. happened or they all got hoofs. <laughs> right. Because as with the, the Klingon foreheads, of course, right. it was really a budgetary thing, but... We're not going to settle for that. I want to actually know in universe what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and, did, did they get some sort of morphogenic virus that caused their hoofs to grow fingers or what happened? I think, it, I I think it's just strictly cosmetic. <laughs> I think it was just a fad and they all went out and did it. But the, re the reason I thought of it was I just imagined them being on, you know, an Enterprise or Romulan ship. And uh, having yeah. used the controls and just oh. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> exactly, just being lost about how to do it or vice Too versa. Too bad people can't see on camera right now as I'm doing my hand fist hoofs onto the control panel. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I do think that's fun, sort of, you know, bringing everybody together on that. And the, the one yeah. thing, I did, you know, the refit never was actually shown on on screen at any point. Um, you know, I don't know if that right. means they also have a larger crew. I assume it's probably a faster ship. There's all these other things that would go along with it. Um, and you know, maybe it's the introduction of cetacean ops too, Chris. I don't know. Oh, could be. Yeah. yeah might be. <laughs> you know, you know, there's that scene there where they're talking about the coalition of planets. Mm -hmm. Uh, was there a dolphin tank pushed up <laughs> next to the table? Over there. I'll have to go back and freeze frame. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there were a lot of aliens at that table that I've never seen before. Right. And I heard some squeaking sounds. So. <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah. So you talk about the Zindi. Man, two races from one planet. That's crazy. There's <laughs> cetacean ops. Right. There you go. Okay. Um, That's right. All right. Well, I, I have one more thing here that is not part of my one grand vision, <laughs> I guess. And that's a follow-up to the mm -hmm. Augment arc that they did. And again, I, you know, I don't really think they needed to explain the forehead ridges really, but since they did it and that's out there, I think it would be interesting to follow that up in season five and find out what is happening internally in the Klingon Empire as a result of the experiment, A, and as a result of Flox's cure as well. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think, uh, you know, there's probably some <laughs> some racism going on within the Empire at that point, a bunch of other things that are coming up around that that would be interesting. Yeah, it would be the whole, the smooth forehead, bumpy forehead kind of rivalry within the society. And cosmetic yeah. surgery, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that one, didn't we? About the business of 
forehead replacement. Yeah. Although some people may not have heard that. That wasn't on Warp 5. Oh, was that, that on the was Ready on Room? Another, okay. That was on the Ready Room. That's right. Yeah. That was on the Ready Room. Okay. <laughs> so I think, so I just have one last idea and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully it's a good one that people like. Um, and I think, like I said, mine, mine seem to have been the sort of the ones that fit in. Like if, if we were to merge our ideas together, you'd have this arc. And then some of the strange ideas <laughs> that they'll have one and out one off episode would apparently be mine. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to see, you know, in, in, in seasons five, six and seven of the next generation, uh, origin, you know, sort of set the new template. And then on the other shows, they, they, they got into more character episodes where they'd focus on one of the not maybe top characters, one of the fourth or fifth people, um, not the lead. And I wanted to see more of that and in general. So I have one idea to kick it off, mm-hmm. but then I think they should go through the rest of the ship a little bit more. And my idea was somehow that Travis and Porthos have an episode together. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they're going to save the day together. Interesting. So like the ship is taken over <laughs> by some sort of aliens. Maybe. I got it. I got it. So the the Cations, like Mares from the animated series mm-hmm. and and also the ones that attacked Kirk on Nimbus 3 in the in Star Trek 5, they take over the ship. And because they're cats, of course, Porthos is not at all happy with this. <laughs> Everyone else has been incapacitated except for Travis. And some reason, his space boomer background helped him uh, avoid whatever it is that uh, did in the rest of the crew. He and Porthos team up to save the ship. I like it. And everybody likes a good dog story. You know, he saves <laughs> yeah. Porthos at some point, And then Porthos throws himself in front of, in front of a phaser blast and saves him. And, they, you know, they both make it through okay at the end. Um, and, they, you know, of course, they save everybody. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I just, I just think I wanted to see more character growth in some of those. So that that was sort of a, a little bit more silly of a specific idea. Um, how I actually think that could be a good episode. I think, I think the Travis Porthos episode would be great. I like it. And then there's that flashback to season one, Strange New World, mm-hmm. where Porthos gets out of the shuttle and he runs across the field. And what we didn't see is we saw him fall into a little foxhole and then Travis pulled him out. And then Porthos said, I owe you one. <laughs> and then in this story, that's where he saves Travis's life right. to pay him back. Well, and maybe yeah. we also find out in the episode that Porthos is part of Section 31. I don't know. <laughs> Along with Livingston, exactly. who lives in Picard's... <laughs> Ready room, yes, on the next generation. Yes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> there are a lot of animal officers in Section Thirty One that I never knew existed. Yeah, they're cutting edge, man. I don't know. <laughs> they got it. They got some stuff figured out. Nobody else has figured out yet. You know, speaking of Porthos, when you said you had one more idea, I thought it was going to be the spontaneous sex change of Porthos, a la Spot, in Season Seven of the Next Generation. I was not um, thinking about changing Porthos's sex, but, you know, sure. <laughs> I don't know if I'd pitch that in the, in the production meeting. <laughs> all right, guys, I have you an know, idea. So, everyone on the Enterprise, on the NX-01, they all start devolving into mm-hmm. earlier forms, and then Porthos has puppies, and mm-hmm. then the puppies are protected. And, yeah. Even though Porthos was a boy. So yeah, yeah. Porthos gets gets tougher and tougher and turns into a wolf. He just keeps getting bigger and stronger. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be that could be good too. So he he accidentally got injected with some augment blood. I actually was thinking the augment thing. 
<laughs> he, he somehow becomes an augment as well. He's section 31. He's he's an augment. And so now he's he basically can now fly the ship if, if everybody else is in trouble. Excellent. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our ideas for the fifth season of Enterprise. And I'm curious to know what, what you guys listening think. If you have your own ideas, you can let us know about those. Uh, before we tell you how to do that, though, there are a lot of other things we've been talking about on Trek of Film this week, and we've been talking about Enterprise on some other shows as well. So here are some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Space Seed Commentary. And in this proposal, um, it opens up with Kirk and Spock playing chess, um, and then Spock actually cheats in order to win and gets caught and is a little bit embarrassed. Earl Grey. Civilians on TNG. I'd say that, uh, you know, the Enterprise is lucky to have Mott. He is the heir to the great bully in Applesauce Fortune. The Orb. Raising children on the station. It has sort of a big city, small town feel. In terms of population and size, it's that small town. But in terms of cultural diversity and the challenges that you face uh, as a parent and the things that your children are exposed to, it has more of that big city feel to it. The Ready Room. Remember me. The computer tells Beverly that there's a flaw in the ship's design as the warp bubble is shrinking. And I'm thinking, damn you Starfleet engineers, why do you build a ship that's larger than the universe itself? To the journey! Season 3 Marathon. Not that I want to get too detailed here, but I'm wondering if that's all it would take if he mated with a human or if he would just have to use human form. But I just love right. it when when John Delancey's like, I was good, wasn't I? And then she's yeah. like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Warp 5. Prequel technology. You almost feel like photon torpedoes should have happened 50 years after Enterprise and they should have gone through three different kinds that you'd never heard of. Yeah. And I, it's That seems more... Right real to me commentary trek stars future sport he's from the streets but he has he has left that life behind and like he has become like a sellout in a sense he's he's about the winning at all costs and not the true essence of future sport (laughs) literary treks editing star trek with margaret clark i try to make sure that the books are true to their theories, that if you're right. reading a Key West book, it feels like, okay, Bob Justman would have bought this story. He couldn't afford it the effect, but Bob Justman would have gone into Gene went, you really should read this, this is good. Melodic Treks. The Klingon theme. Goldsmith's Klingon theme established an aggressive tribal atmosphere for the warlike characters. Goldsmith made it clear in an interview that he wrote the whole Klingon music with bad guys in mind. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all of these shows and get your daily Trek Talk fix. We have new Trek Talk for you every day of the week, and some days we even have two shows for you, and you'll find them in a variety of places, including on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, or you can download or stream from the website. So check them out and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. All right, Tyler. Well, I really liked your ideas today. I'm curious what other people might think about this. 
Yeah, this this would be a really fun one to get some comments on. So, you know, there's there's you can comment on any of our shows on Trek FM um, right down at the bottom of the show page. So, you know, let us know what you think or, or head into the forums and do that. Um, you can also go and even leave us a voice message. That's right. There are a lot of ways to, to contact us. I'm glad you mentioned the comments at the bottom of the of the show pages because I often forget to mention those. But you can um, chime in there. We use Discuss, you know, which is pretty universal around the web these days. So if you have a login there, you can comment right there on the show page. If you want to send us email, though, you can do that by going to trek.film slash contact and use the form that's on that page and choose Warp 5 and that'll come to us. And again, Tyler, as you mentioned, voicemail through the website. You can do that as well forums trek.film slash forums or social media facebook.com slash trekafilm you'll find us there and you'll find us on twitter under username trekafilm as well where we're tweeting about star trek all the time now tyler how is the great twitter experiment going for you <laughs> I've, I've slowed down a little bit <laughs> i get excited for a couple of weeks and um i don't want to say i'm taking a rest but i've just been busy with other things so i have no idea what's happening yeah. on twitter um, but but if you send something to me, I get a message letting me know it's there, and I'll go check it. So uh, my, my my Twitter name is Flintastic. That's F L Y N T T A S T I C. And and uh, you know, look me up on there. I'd love to chat about Enterprise and Star Trek. And mostly, I want to hear more ideas. So if you have ideas, send them my way. Season five, Enterprise. Yeah, it takes uh, it takes a little while to get the hang of Twitter, like for it to become something that you do regularly when you, mm-hmm. you know, figure out how you're going to use it and all. But um. But yeah, if someone sends you a message, then you can reply back to them about augmented Porthos or, you know, whatever (laughs) is there. All right. Um, But before I tell you where to find me on Twitter as well, I did want to mention we had two iTunes reviews since the last time that we recorded. And Red Queen wrote, that's Red with two Ds. Red Queen wrote, in the U.S. iTunes store, just found you, gave us five stars, said, I just started listening and love it with three exclamation marks. So Red Queen sounds very excited about the show. I'm I'm glad you found us. I'm glad you're enjoying the show so far. Really appreciate you listening. And also W-S-J-I-N-A-M-E-S, which I still have not figured out how to pronounce, W-S-J-N-A-M-E-S, something like that, has left a review for a number of our shows recently. And also left one for Enterprise, and they said Trek FM takes a swing at Enterprise, which sounds bad, actually. Like, <laughs> it sounds like something Shran would do with an ice cleaver or something, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, just a haymaker. There's been a couple times I wanted <laughs> but, to hit Enterprise. <laughs> we always made up in the decon chamber. But I think what they mean here is, is you know, like a batter, you know, taking mm-hmm. a swing in, in a good way. It left us five stars. And said, like all the Trek FM shows, the show is well-produced and good listening. As with their other series-based shows, each program focuses on a broad topic, a character, a season arc, a theme, rather than being an episode review. I came into this show as I was just starting to watch Enterprise and got a bit lost from time to time, but I am now seeing things that I heard about and plan to go back and re-listen to some of the podcasts to see what they said. That should be endorsement enough. So I I'm, appreciate that as well. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And yeah, that is the concept of our series shows is to talk about the series in broad terms, jumping all over the place. So if you've never seen a series before and you listen to one of our shows, you might get a little bit lost. But um, if you do know the series, our goal is to help help you find all the little nuances in the show and, and, and see it in 
you know, a, a bigger way than just watching episode by episode. And maybe even have a reason to go back and, and watch it again or watch a few episodes. Exactly. Again. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen every series over and over and over. And every time I go through, you know, I, I see new things because I watch it for specific things each time I go through. So mm-hmm. it works well for that. So thanks for those reviews. And for everyone else, if you enjoy the show and you have a, an extra minute, drop by iTunes and leave us a review. It does help other fans find the show as they search iTunes. It only takes a minute and we love hearing from you. Well, okay, so your your Twitter experiment is is getting underway, as you said, Tyler. Mine's been going on for five or six years now, so I, I'm pretty well entrenched there. And if you want to find me, my username on Twitter is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. You can find me pretty much everywhere in social media under that same username. And also you can find me on my personal website at cbrianjones.com. And then here on the network, besides this show, you'll find me with Matthew Rushing on The Orb, where we talk exclusively about Deep Space Nine. Matthew and I also do literary treks together, where we talk Star Trek books and comics and interview authors. And I'm also on The Ready Room every week with hosts from all over the network and other special guests. And we talk about Star Trek news at all five live action series on that show. And every fifth week, we do an Enterprise episode there as well. And Tyler, you've been on a few of those. So uh, if you love Enterprise, drop by and check out The Ready Room as well. We talk a lot about Enterprise in the news too. And then I also have an interview show called Matter Stream, which is with scientists and actors and writers and all sorts of people talking about topics loosely associated or inspired by Star Trek. Before we let you go, we'd like to tell you about our sponsor for today's show. They help us bring Warp 5 to you every week. And our sponsor for today is Audible.com. If you love podcasts, you're going to love audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles for you to choose from right now. They've got classics, current, bestsellers, business books, science books. They've got a lot of Star Trek books as well. Some of the most famous ones and some of my favorites like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. And as a Trek FM listener, you can get any audiobook of your choice absolutely free just for trying Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up, you can get that free audiobook and you can find out how great Audible is. But I know once you try it, you're gonna love it. If you don't, however, there's nothing to lose because if you decide to cancel after the trial, you get to keep that free audiobook. So go check them out. Again, you're gonna love Audible and it helps us bring Warp 5 to you every week. That's audibletrial.com slash trekfm and we really thank Audible for supporting the network. We at Warp 5 also want to invite you to check out Andrew Allen's album, Smooth Federation. If you like the jazz cover, Where My Heart Will Take Me, here on Warp 5, it's in the opening. And in the closing. And it in the closing. be playing right now, depending on how much we talk after this. <laughs> Maybe you'd like it better than the, the actual version on the show. I don't know. I kind of might. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a lot of people do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you'll, you'll find that plus nine other jazz renditions of music from across Star Trek. So go pick up the album on iTunes or Amazon. Great stuff, Andrew. Great stuff. Yeah, Andrew does a really good job hear, hearing those tracks. It's um, you know, one thing I love about Deep Space Nine in the later seasons is when they bring Vic Fontaine on and they really work the jazz in. And uh, it's surprising how well jazz and Star Trek mesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, my, my one of my biggest, biggest disappointments about the, the theme song, that rock. I don't know, classical jazz. Yes, <laughs> rock, and I love rock, but not not for Star Trek. It's just not right for me. Yeah. 
All right. Well, yeah, go check that out, everyone. And one more thing you can do if you'd like to help us keep the network going is to make a donation to the network by going to trek.fm slash donate. And as a thank you for that, we have alien badges and art prints for you. They're original illustrations done by Tobu Ushi, who does most of the artwork that you see on our website. And you can mix and match which format you want those in. We have different levels of contributions for you to choose from as well. And your donations help us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. So again, check those out at trek.fm slash donate. And we really thank you for helping us keep the network going. Well, that's it for the show today, everyone. Thanks for listening. And join us again next week here in the Decon Chamber, along with Shran and Trip, apparently, for another episode of Warp 5. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>